0: Warning, the following podcast may contain language that some listeners may find offensive or confusing or intriguing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the 3v3 podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. Quack, 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 quack. Go Ducks. No. Okay, Paul Korea. <laughs> okay, Brian Hayward. So, yeah, I literally just finished watching the the Mighty Ducks Duckumentary. See, see what they did there? God, they're so funny. <laughs> um,
1: I'm Is that why they're having to lay off a bunch of people?
0: Hm. Huh. No, no. Well, you know, they they spent all this money um creating this documentary apparently. Um, and, you know, at, at, at the end, they're they're sort of doing the outro credits and everything. And and the producer is sitting there with Brian Hayward and he asks him, you know, kind of kind of sets up knowing the answer is going to be no. But he asks him, you know, could I get a couple of quack quacks out of you? And Brian Hayward's like, no. Nope. And then they cut over to Timu Solani. Has no problem, right? Mm-hmm. It's Timo. Mm-hmm. cut over to Paul Korea and he's like yeah that's not going to happen <laughs> and I'm like what the hell guys you know what the hell first of all I am so happy to see Paul Korea yes. as part of something hockey he looked healthy he looked good it was disturbing him talking about um not being able to remember segments of his career you know but it was good to see him and uh, it was really weird to see Goldberg, because <laughs> those of you who know, um, know what happened.
1: <laughs> hmm
0: And I mean, it was good to see him healthy and recovering, but it was very weird to see him so recently as part of this, if you know what I mean.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Was he
1: one of the only actors involved in the documentary?
0: No, he was one of two. Huh. Amazingly enough, they only had two of the kids adults. Uh, two of the two of the people that were in the movie actually in the documentary. It was he and Connie the woman Mm. who played Connie. Oh, okay. And I kind of went, well, hang on a minute. Because wasn't there a whole run where they got all the rest of them together, except Joshua Jackson, who's apparently in a fight with Disney? I don't know. Anyway, they got a bunch of the rest of them together for the the Disney Plus show, so why not?
2: Yeah, I don't know.
0: I don't know either.
1: Clearly the NHL was involved.
0: Well, clearly they were. Because they talked to Gary Batman, And amazingly enough, Michael Eisner.
1: Interesting. Really?
0: Yes, he actually plays a fairly prominent role in sort of the sit-down testimonial interview parts. Now, to... No one's surprised, even though he is long since retired. He does this whole, I choose only to remember the good things that happened. And the report and the producer says, well, if I gave you some headlines to read and he goes, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Uh, You know, the headlines coming after they announced the name of the team, which, you know, which met, which a lot of people don't remember met with sort of a dull thud.
2: Oh, yeah, no, it went over like a lead balloon nobody liked it they all thought it was like childish and silly and and on top of that you know gratuitous and, marketing for yeah. for it, Disney
0: Exactly and then they actually <laughs> they actually dug up some of the massive missteps they made on opening night to which Eisner again went you know I remember there was a couple of things that, that didn't I don't think went too well but overall you know, he kind of went, whoop, whoop. Mm-hmm. And then they, of course, spent the next couple of minutes focusing on one of the things that was truly horrific. Um, and I won't spoil it because everyone needs to go see it because then you'll <laughs> you'll go, My God, what were they thinking? But they did it. Um,
2: it was Disney. It was the 90s. It was, you know, things.
0: Yeah. And that was pretty much it. And then after that, it just kind of, you know, it muddles around with the team and all this other stuff. They did talk to the guy that created it, um, you know, the whole thing and how he was sort of like sitting there just lost. Like you ever you ever have one of those moments where you can't you, you did something and then it's gotten so far out of control that you're just sort of sitting there outside of your own body trying to figure out how you're witnessing what's going on around you. That's the kind of way he was. So it's Uh, like parenthood. Kind of. Yeah. (laughs) There you go.
1: Okay. All right. I know what I'm going to watch this
0: evening. (laughs) The parent trap. Which one? Father of the bride. Which one? the shop around the corner. Aha. Uh-huh.
1: Oh, he's got us there. Yeah.
0: Come on. Come on, Cassie. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. That, was you,
0: th- that was You Got Mail. Was it I don't think I, it that, that was one I did
2: not see. I did
1: not um, see that movie. Um, well, okay. You're not listening.
2: Yeah, I didn't think I
0: was. That's why I didn't watch it. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, and the other thing that I was, i actually, I, I got up relatively early this morning and I know, shock and awe. Everyone sit down. Why,
2: why bother? Oh. Why would you?
0: <laughs> because I'm one of those people that if I'm going to have a day off, I am going to maximize the amount of time that I get to do nothing and that is to get up early and start doing nothing as soon as humanly possible. Mm, that so yeah. way I have got a 12 to 15 hour time of nothing to do.
2: See, so yeah, I I I do the um I'm going to doze for as long as physically possible and then until it gives me a headache and then I'll think about getting out of bed.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just can't I just can't do that. Um <clears throat> So I caught up on the ESPN content, as you can probably tell, including the new Quest for the Cup episode, which is interesting, and the new PK's Places. And boy, howdy, let me tell you, that one infuriated me. Oh. It infuriated me to no end because it was focused on the Slapshot. And it infuriated me me to no end because it centered largely around a competition between P.K. and one Chris Chelios, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: who was magnificent. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And it infuriates me because, as some of you (sighs) may have heard, Chris Chelios is no longer going to be part of ESPN's coverage in the NHL for reasons. Mm Mm-hmm and after seeing that episode i am like they he and pk play well off of each other he's entertaining in his own right it was you know there was kevin and now we're you know and now we're stuck
2: he's just too cool for espn to like want to keep around
0: yeah I have to have six times Stanley Cup champion and the inventor of his own trophy of complete arrogance, Mark Messier on board
1: yeah, he costs less to fly in, apparently
0: That's all I can say about that um <laughs> and i'll I'll ask this question again. Remember how a lot of people were making a stink about the Stanley Cup patch placement?
2: hmm
0: Go on. How long did it take anyone to notice that the advertisements on the jerseys were gone and the patch was on the other side?
1: Oh, you mean the two jerseys in which neither team has sold an advertisement on?
0: No, no. They've sold advertisements on those jerseys.
1: Not on the Florida homes or the Vegas aways. Hmm. Wait for Tuesday night and let's. Let, I'll be interested to see what's on the jersey. Because I may or may not have gone back, looked at Getty images for past, you know games this season just to see if either team had advertisements on those set jerseys. Because once again, this is the NHL and for whatever reason they can't sell for both sets of uniforms,
0: which is funny because I specifically remember seeing the ads on the Vegas aways at points this season
1: at points. Not current. I'm curious. What was the cost of uh, business for the postseason versus the regular
2: season? Hmm. And also, people will forever be able to point out what is wrong with something, but they will forever like ignore it when it gets fixed and is right.
0: Oh, I, I, I know what <laughs> I. The, the point I'm trying to make a little bit is you get focused on it when when everyone sees a picture and goes oh my god that's awful but when it's out there on the ice nobody cares you're if you're if you're paying attention to the ad on the jersey you're kind of focused on the wrong thing and I'm Andy Rooney and that's my two cents
1: <laughs> which advertisement the NHL
0: logo the Adidas logo the team logo. The team logo. The player name.
2: No, no, we can't have we can't have players branding their names in the NHL. <laughs>
0: um, but I but I will say it. Uh, they again they they do a magn- <laughs> the Questbridge Cup has actually done a pretty good job with the on ice stuff, um, letting you hear how things sort of go down. And in the second game when Matthew Kachuk was tossed. They show the ref saying, I blew the whistle. I blew the whistle. He smacks the stick out of the player's hand, and the ref looks at him and goes, I've had enough of you. Get out of here. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: (laughs) And they cut to Alex Petrangelo sitting on the bench going, take a bow, Chucky, take a bow, because it's always about you. You got to make sure take a bow, take a bow. They always got to make it about you. And I'm going, yikes. Okay. There's some fun here.
2: Hmm. But it I think can't I always have to be go about back and... it can't oh, always man. be about him because it's always about my friend Aparna. She says so.
1: So <laughs> <was gonna> say, <laughs> if there were only ways and means to go back and watch uh, St. Louis Blues Calgary Flames games, just to see those two get into it in the past.
0: I loved it. I did. You know, I, I know it's, I know it's somewhat sanitized and, you know, there's a lot of stuff that they're not letting you see, but I do got to say, they're kind of letting you see some stuff that you're like, you know, previously was sort of, you kind of guessed, but, mm-hmm. you know, having the refs and, you know, having the refs and the interactions and some of that, some of that stuff, you're kind of like, okay. And them literally sitting there saying, you know, hey, I've had a you know, I blew the whistle, I was taking one of you, but you gotta keep it up with that bleep. So you're going to. And I told you to get out of there. And then players starts barking at him, he goes, You don't listen. I told you to get out of there. I already had him.
2: So you're saying that the only adults in the NHL are the on ice officials?
0: It kind of sounds like it. (laughs) And then
1: they have to be micromanaged at the same time.
0: They well, have the best
1: job. Yeah, <laughs> they have to be the adults and deal with uh, asinine requests.
2: And they have to have their authority undermined by the NH by the front office by telling them they can't do their jobs right. It's As like you putting know, it's the like, general
1: let's... managers in charge of rules and how the game is played is a bad idea.
2: Hmm. It's almost like on ice officials should be an independent group ran by their own independent, like, I don't know, officiating front office that works in conjunction with the NHL. Huh.
0: That is an interesting premise, Crassie. I would like to subscribe to your newsletter.
2: <laughs> it's just basic ethics, right? I mean, it's like at any level of, of government and government can be defined as a group that enforces, that makes the rules and enforces them, right? Um There's always an ethics office that it runs independently from the group that they're overseeing. Because, you know, it's a a conflict of interest if the group they're overseeing oversees them. So, (laughs) just, you know.
0: (laughs) You mean putting the fox in charge of writing the rules governing guarding a hen house and then guarding the same hen house? Is kind of a conflict? Kind of. Hmm.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I would love to see these people, like, take the, the regular conflict of interest training that I have to do every year and have had to do at pretty much every job I've ever had for the last 20 years.
0: Well, Cassie, <laughs> they have, right? Most of them, as we know, are lawyers in some shape or form, correct?
2: Uh, sure.
1: Unfortunately.
0: So you'd think they'd understand conflict of interest. And also how to circumnavigate it. That's right. I was right. just going
2: to say also how to get around it. Yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs> of course. No, no, no. They're, they're complete. They are completely, completely cognizant of the conflict of interest and they don't care.
2: Oh, and they manipulate things so that they can manipulate the conflict of interest even better.
0: Mm-hmm. A little bit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What I want to know is, did anything else happen?
2: You know what we didn't, like, talk about last episode? and I think this was a grave oversight on our part. Or maybe it was genius. I can't quite decide.
1: Clearly the latter.
2: (laughs) We never talked about Kyle Dubas going to Pittsburgh.
0: You know, it's such a fine line, you know, between clever and stupid. Kyle Dubas is going to Pittsburgh. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was clearly a power struggle in Toronto. And Toronto got mad at him and decided to leak a bunch of crap about how there was <laughs> again conflict of interest with his agent.
1: Weird. Yeah, and Whatever happened to that story.
0: Um, golly, I wonder. Huh? Mm. Hmm. Oh wait, wait, wait. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> That's right, because it was a no it was a nothing burger. It wrapped,
2: was fabricated.
0: Wrapped around in you know celery, because celery is the most useless thing out there.
1: <laughs> Thus why the league hasn't, you know, subsequently rewritten a rule mid whatever contract season. I don't even know what to call it. Because no one cares. Cause it's not an issue. It of- was
0: a non-issue to start I mean Exactly. Dear God in heaven. Oh, it was only an issue in one place on the face of the planet. And that was Toronto. And that was because hurt feelings. Exactly. It
2: was all hurt feelings. Exactly. But you but said you, still- you would love us forever. How could you break up with me?
0: You because you would... broke
1: up with me. Yeah,
0: exactly, <laughs> exactly. In the in the world's worst, he said he said argument, you know.
1: God. Yeah,
0: they clearly needed a divorce. <sighs> the th- I don't think they needed divorce well, anyway.
1: Well, I, I think, think Kyle and Brendan did.
0: Yeah, that's that's probably correct.
1: I don't think Kyle and the Maple Leafs so much needed it. Maybe you know. some people on the board needed it just because. Oh, wait, they're media companies, so, and they're in Toronto, so. <sighs> but Pittsburgh.
2: See, my concern with that is if it is true that Dubas is going to be acting GM, but hiring someone with the title of GM, that's setting things up for like toxic work environment. Because even though you hire someone and say, okay, this is going to be your job title, but you're not going to be doing this work. At some point in time, they're going to be looking around going, well, why am I not doing this work? (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, <Yeah. laughs> see see Cassie where I where I, where I think your logic is flawed mm-hmm. is in the job description they will be very descriptive about what will be expected of them as a general manager and what their roles and responsibilities are because that's what Kyle wanted.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He felt like he was in a position as a general manager that he was allowed to propose moves, create and find trades, create and find things, and then have to get them board approved. Mm -hmm. And he will probably say the same thing to the next person coming in under him, and he will have his little final say. Mm -hmm. So the job of general manager is no longer to manage generally. It's to be an aggregator.
2: So he's a—he's uh, going to be a hypocrite. I hated when people did this to me, so I'm going to do this to others?
0: Yep. Ugh. Do right. unto others as they have done unto you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that also doesn't stir up any resentments or anything, does it? <laughs> like it did with him.
0: <laughs> well, I don't think there was resentment. I think he went back and said, I want a little more autonomy. And they went, no. And he went... Well, I, I think they, I think he went back and said, I want a little bit more autonomy and a little bit more money. And they went, yeah, goodbye. And he went, yeah, okay. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah,
1: because he knew he had another party waiting to talk to him because that's all anyone in the press would talk about.
2: Well, I mean, it's almost, impo- I mean, it's impossible for that to not happen you know, I, that's what I don't get, why people were like, oh, oh no, Other pe- he had something lined up before he left, and it's like, um, wouldn't you?
0: <laughs> oh, but, that, but, but Cassie, there was tampering.
2: Yeah. yeah, everything hockey does is tampering. I don't even know what they're talking about. <laughs> it's Tam- only tampering when you disagree with it. <laughs>
0: Well, not 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 only was there not only was there a conflict of interest because he was being you know he was being represented by somebody at an agency who represented Austin Matthews, mm-hmm. um, but clearly clearly Pittsburgh tampered, mm-hmm. because they said so, because Toronto media said so, yes, because Toronto media was the one doing the tampering.
2: No, they're correct. the ones who wanted to do the tampering, but they weren't able to do the tampering, so they resented others' people doing tampering.
0: No, 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 I'm I'm sorry, no. Cassie. Again, I'm going to disagree with you. Pat's 100% correct. <laughs> because people in Pittsburgh were feeding Toronto media the rumors that they'd be interested in Kyle Dubas. Mm-hmm. And Toronto media went out and did the tampering for them.
2: Mm-hmm. Kind
0: of kind of letting know that Kyle, hey, there's a job here. Mm-hmm. They never talked to him. They never talked to his representation. That's not tampering. Putting it out in the press and using the press as the idiots that they are to get your point across is not tampering. You know, if I went out and said, you know, where are we? Um, uh, You know, after July 1st of this year, if Austin Matthews hasn't signed an extension, I went to the Toronto media and, you know, as general manager of the XYZ Pelicans or whatever, and said, Oh yeah, we you know we're we're very interested in signing Austin Matthews. You know if he's available this summer.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How is that tampering? No, it's
2: not. Right.
0: So Toronto media was used as the tool that they are, and "tool" is both a pejorative and a, an adjective in that sentence.
1: <laughs> no lies detected. Mm-hmm. It's almost like instead of reporting and constantly putting judgment in everything that is broadcast or written in a spectrum of society designed around, you know, fanatics, not the brand, although it's just as crappy some days. Um, It's like it doesn't work the way the people in the press think it's. Thinks
0: it does. Amazing, isn't it?
1: Yes. Then we get to soon hear all the think pieces about how a franchise on year six won the Stanley Cup. (laughs) Everything that's wrong with it. And then we get to hear the think pieces about how a team in their first full year of existence wins the Calder cup by not (laughs) allowing a freaking goal is a problem or is it you're too wrapped up in your own system, not to see the ways to have
0: success.
2: It's a problem because it's not theirs, their team, the team that they cover success.
0: And there's the problem within the problem within the problem.
2: Right. It's okay if it's your team. It's bad if it's another team.
0: And how do you not turn around and go, these guys did it in six years? What the hell is your guys' problem?
2: Right. What's your excuse?
0: Instead of focusing on a team that did it in in six years from, from, you know, basically ground zero, and six years later, sitting on the precipice of a cup, which by the time you hear this, depending, may have already been hoisted, don't blame them for doing the job that your guys team was incapable of doing oh but they had a foot up in the expansion draft well you've had a foot up in nhl entry drafts for the last however many years you haven't won a cup so Mm -hmm. shut your cake hole
2: it's like gosh you can't draft you are bad at trades you can't develop prospects huh yeah it's their problem not yours of course and
1: you're too in love with your guys and if you okay. want to use Vegas as an example they like some of them but they don't hold on to everyone for better or for worse You know, did they do Marc-Andre Fleury dirty? Yeah, probably. Did they handle it in the most professional manner? Absolutely not. Was it the right business decision? Well, if they win a cup, clearly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) If they win a cup, then clearly it was the right business decision because they got success out of it.
1: Mm -hmm. They rolled out the golden carpet for Max Pacioretty. His face was up on a billboard. He was given a helicopter ride into town the minute he was traded. They let him go. But they kept certain core pieces. Oh, I've been listening to too much stuff. I said the word pieces because that's become a thing we do in 2023. And I hate it.
0: Mm. They identi- they kept buying the shiny thing until they identified what the one thing they needed was.
1: Yeah. They tried different yeah. things, different configurations. And they found getting a superstar player and surrounding him with a great supporting cast so he doesn't have to be the superstar and do everything. Hello, Edmonton Oilers. Um, benefits that player.
0: They it's amazing. They discovered they were short a true number one center. Mm -hmm. They literally had every other piece there except a number one center.
1: And in past playoff runs, all the talk was okay, William Carlson isn't your prototypical number one, so he's the number two, but Chandler Stevenson. He's the number one on this team. But now look at what happens when Eichel's there. He can play the wing, and another player just flourishes because they tried something different. They they dared to get some talent.
2: They dared to try to, like, get guys that fit the team that they had. Mm -hmm. And if the guy didn't actually end up fitting the team that they had, they traded him for someone else that might fit the team that they had. (sighs) It's not brain surgery here. It's okay. So this is the type of style we play. This is the type of player we seem to seem to have like gotten. We need someone to compliment, you know, like we need a center to compliment the two guys on the line. We need a center for that blends in with this group in a playing style kind of way. And it's what they did. Instead of just saying, oh, let's get the best available regardless. (laughs) I've always had a problem with that thinking. Always. Best available regardless because it doesn't work. You end up with, like, five different guys in your top six with five different playing styles. And, yeah, they might have all been chosen in the first round. But guess what? If they can't play together, it doesn't freaking matter.
0: (laughs) And you you end up with guys like Chandler Stevenson being buried on a depth chart in in Washington for reasons because oh wait they're in love with their boys mm-hmm.
2: or 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 Shane Wright in the minors
1: yeah but Cassie Coachella Valley is about to win the Calder Cup I mean clearly they're making the right organizational decisions. Mm-hmm. <gasps> fart noise Um, here's the other thing that Vegas did they're on their third head coach already is Bruce Cassidy doing anything demonstrably different than Pete DeBoer last year
0: not being Pete DeBoer (laughs) that's about the only thing I can really point to
2: I mean, he might just communicate differently than DeBoer. Differently.
1: Maybe not even better or worse, let's say, but just different enough. All three coaches in Vegas history able to get the best out of whatever goaltender is in net for the team. Everyone keeps talking about, oh, Aiden Hill, is this the next mediocre goalie to win a cup since... You can say Darcy Kemper. You can say uh, Auntie Miami, You can say whatever you want. It's almost like there are more talented players outside of the NHL than anyone gives the world credit for. And sometimes when you put a a talented player who is limited because there are only two roster spots in a position to succeed with a defensively-minded coach – why shouldn't we have expected this?
2: Well, you know, I mean, going back to the coaching thing, it just reminded me of like sitting in class in school and listening to, listening to a teacher try to explain something and the class just not getting it and the teacher trying to explain it like five different ways and I'm sitting there thinking, "Dear God, do we have to keep doing this?" And Finally, I just raised my hand and I'm like, so do you mean, and I rephrase it in a what they've been trying to say for like the last half hour in a way that I think people are going to understand it. And the teacher's like, yes, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. And the entire class is like, oh, <laughs> you know, how you talk to a group matters, not in the sense that, Respect, you know, you need to be respectful, you need to be informative, but also you need to talk to them in a way they can understand and comprehend. You can sit there, I mean, how many people have gone to college and you have a professor who knows, like, their stuff, but they are just really awful teachers?
1: Don't get me started. Um, Yeah,
2: exactly. It's like I had two good actual teachers in college. They were all professors, like, yeah, you know, I had a bunch of professors, but like only two of them were good teachers. There's a difference.
0: Well, based on the um, Quest for the Cup, um, I think their expletives per 60 is probably pretty close between Cassidy and DeBoer. Mm. But I think the messages, no, hang on, were identical too.
2: Yeah, but how were they phrased? That's what I'm saying.
0: Generally wrapped up in in an entire salad of, of expletives.
2: Mm. Hmm. I think they just Good like, and
0: bad. I mean I they think, just yeah. they throw that. Hmm. Hmm. This is our bleeping game, you know, we're better than these guys keep the bleeping feet, move in, you know.
2: <clears throat> All the meaningless crap that actually doesn't really help them, but they say anyway it's, because uh, they don't know what else to say.
0: <laughs> it's it's pure motivational pablum.
2: Right, right.
0: I have to come in and say something, so I will be saying these things.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, thought I would be sitting there yawning in this guy's face, going, "Okay, no, we're like, give me something that's actually helpful instead of like toxic positivity." Okay, <laughs> just you know, maybe that's just me though. <laughs> maybe I have I have different needs from other people. I don't know.
0: Oh, coaching to the individual versus coaching to the masses, you know, mm. and and in. Uh... <clears throat> And in my favorite, favorite, favorite tweet of the week. And I'm sorry, I can't go dig it up and remember who, who posted it, but upon announcing Shane Doan's acquiring or you know, being being named as special advisor to the general manager, the the tweet of his his job is literally just to walk around with Austin Matthews and go, Wow, we didn't have anything like this in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I just was that was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it was just sheer poetry.
2: And it was probably sheer poetry. Entirely too true.
0: Oh, I'm sure it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He'll just get to walk around until July 1st, right? And go, you know, with Austin, "Hey, how's it going? wow." man, we didn't have anything like this in Arizona. This is pretty cool. You guys get this all the time?
2: Mm -hmm. Whoa. Until he gets re-signed and then Shane Doan will go wherever he wants to and gets paid because everyone will assume that he's on assignment from somebody doing something.
0: No, and, and, and when Ma- when Matthews gets signed, then Shane will be ready for a general manager role of his own because that's what he's here for. Remember, uh, right.
1: the franchise hired someone that didn't want to work with them in Arizona. Not that hard to figure out.
0: Which sometimes, as we have discovered, you kind of got to cut bait certain things and maybe not hang on to your boys too long, eh?
1: Mm-hmm. Now, here's a question. What's the difference between a special assistant to the GM and a special advisor to the GM?
2: The assistant ran, runs out and gets you coffee, and the advisor just keeps telling you that you're doing a good job.
0: No, no, no. The, the, the <laughs> assistant runs out and gets you coffee. Right. The advisor... Tells you what brand to get,
2: mm.
0: what brand he thinks you should get, and should you should you get an additional cream or sugar?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And how, do you get a do double he, double or do you get a Gretzky?
2: Right? <laughs> how the general manager likes his coffee. He
0: he and when the lunch orders come in, the special advisor you know helps the general manager make the decision over the over the chopped salad versus the Caesar salad.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You know how there are NHL trade trees that certain media types like to put out there and show, you know, the never ending branches. I would really love to see the NHL career ladder just to see all the inane differences between special assistant, special advisor, well, we can't call him an assistant coach too because he wait makes so much more money and he's going to have to take over. You get to be the associate coach.
2: Now, see, what I want is I want the, the um, job title like progression. I want the who is above who, and if you get to be, ass- how many assistants to the GM move on to, assistant GM, not assistant two, but actually assistant GM, AGM to GM or, you know, however, how does that work? How, how does the networking get you a better job or does it? That's what I I think.
0: I think they should just do it like software companies and their engineering roles, right? Like, this is a a general manager one. This is a general manager two, a general manager three. This is a senior general manager. This is a principal general manager.
1: What's a staff general manager, you
0: know? God, that was the stupidest thing when somebody explained that to me. I'm like, are you kidding? So we're just making up titles to, to, okay, whatever.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's exactly what's going on. See, my boss... And I like my boss, my boss. And I'm glad that he got the job and I did it. My boss, the guy who is my boss and I both applied to the boss position. And I think he's a better fit for it than I am because I would actually rather have the job he used to have <laughs> than the job I currently have. But that's another story. So anyway, so he basically jumped over me. He, he went from being a tech to supervisor and I'm in the middle of that. And um, and I'm totally okay with that, uh, but it's it's his first time in management. But his job title is senior supervisor. There was no progression. That's just what his job title is. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's that's an interesting choice by the company. All right.
0: They've got their they've got their lanes, and they like people to fit in them.
2: All right. So. so
0: what? What if Fantilli does go back to Michigan? Does that say anything about Anaheim, or is that just nothing? Nothing.
2: Yeah, I mean, some people, honestly, some people like try out try out the bigger pond and realize that they're just a small fish that like small ponds. You know.
1: Well, it's that and. How how much the, is there to benefit from playing with virtually that Anaheim roster that we saw last year? Is Knowing gonna... that Jamie Drysdale will actually have to play this season.
0: Is it really going to get better next year? Next season?
1: No. So why put Fantelli in there?
0: Is it gonna get? Is it gonna instantaneously better the season after that?
2: Well, then there's no options, right?
0: No, no. He's got no. He's the he's Ducks have it. options. Uh, yeah, right,
2: right,
1: right. Look, they, they've got for what for reasons. You know, you got to decide: is Zegras a center? you have to assume mason mctavish is a center you have ryan strome there okay maybe after the season he joins the club as a wing fine that could work
0: (laughs) he's got three more years of eligibility cassie
2: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean maybe he wants his degree Because, I mean, you know, it's like some guys, that's just, that's more important than, because you're not going to be a hockey player forever, right?
0: Well, most of them do go get their degree. They just don't continue to play college hockey at that same time.
1: Right. And we're not talking about a Harvard player who's going to complete their eligibility and then go sign with another team. So you don't have to worry about that.
2: Yeah, I was just at Harvard yesterday. (laughs) No, you weren't. I really was. No, no, you were. I was in in Cambridge yesterday. Yes, I was. No,
0: you were Mm -hmm. at Harvard.
2: Our fair
1: city. Oh, wait. No, sorry. Wrong podcast.
0: (sighs) Cassie, you were at Harvard.
2: I am not from around here, so I can butcher it how I like. I was at Harvard.
0: (laughs) You were at Harvard. (laughs) Out in Cambridge, Mass. That's (sighs) Harvard.
2: Nah.
1: So Dubis really signed up for the Penguins' gig, huh?
0: He, you That's know, what I hear. <sighs> but As you know president, what? go
2: ahead. Oh, was gonna say, but you know what? He's still not gonna. He's still not gonna get them. I mean, he might get them into playoffs before Crosby retires, but they're not gonna get another cut before Crosby retires. <laughs> Not with the salary cap being flat next year, or essentially flat, 1 million up. And then who knows when that's actually going to bounce up because the NHL keeps saying, oh, the year after, it'll be fine. And it always turns out, no, no, one more year. (laughs) Because escrow. So he's not going to be any kind of savior for that team. I know a lot of people want to believe that and i don't think that's going to happen
0: he doesn't have to be no 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 he is the president <clears throat> what have we what have we determined about the role of the president in this toronto fiasco
2: oh but he's going to have gm duties
0: interim he'll hire someone but what have we learned about the role of the president with this Toronto fiasco? President's still, president's still <laughs> been there this entire time and has been, until recently, largely immune from all of the criticism and flack and mm-hmm. everything, right? Mm-hmm. So only recently has Brennan Shanahan's tenure as the president come into play. When in fact, he's been there for nigh on 10 years. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: When has his job ever been in jeopardy? No, Dubas is brilliant. He doesn't have to worry about it.
2: No, I wasn't talking about from his point of view. (laughs) I was talking about from a player like fan point of view that the people want him to like want Dubas to be the savior of the team and that's not going to happen it doesn't matter for Dubas himself because like you said as president he's going to like be immune to most flack for many a year but but that's that still isn't you know everyone's expecting or a lot of people are expecting improvement with the Penguins because he's there and that may or may not happen.
0: Depends on how much of the face the franchise he wants to be, Cassie. Right? No, I'm
2: not talking about him. Like I'm talking about what he does, not him as I'm, an individual.
0: We're we're circling around the same concept, but approaching right. it from different sides. Okay. Nobody is going nobody's going to expect him to do it on his own in the role of president. Right. Because they still have the perception that the general manager is the one with the hands on the wheels. Mm -hmm. So whomever he brings into that role will get to be the sacrificial lamb. Mm -hmm. His role will be to do exactly what Brandon Shanahan has done. Look very presidential and, and infer that he has empowered these people to make these decisions to do this and that. And then, they've been moderately happy or displeased with how they've been doing things and then make another change. It is all of the response. It is, it is all of the decisions without any of the blowback.
2: I'm actually Indeed. not talking about him. I'm talking about the I'm not, performance of the team.
0: I'm not where talking, they end
2: up in the standings, what the still fans not are on going him. to think about that. It's as, still
0: not on him. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Right. Cassie. And I'm not it's saying, still not on
2: him. Right. But I'm saying that like he is a new face, whether he is He is change. Let me put it that way. He represents change and people are going to expect change. Whether it's up to him or not is another story. Or whether people perceive it's him or not, it's another story. He is change and people are going to expect change and that change may not happen or at least not as drastically as people may expect. Or the media is going to blow up this to be is what I'm saying. I'm not talking about him in particular. I'm just talking about him representing change. I'm talking performance. I'm trying really I'm talking hard not lines. to
1: quote. I'm trying real hard not to quote the Dark Knight. Change, it's either good or bad. You just flip a coin.
2: Right. But really once we get it,
1: we start talking about fans and they get optimistic because change can only be good. Ask change the Minnesota good. Wild a couple GMs ago how that went. <laughs> Heck, you can even go back and look at the, the Buffalo Sabres with Jason Botterill. It didn't feel good, but no one actually noticed the real changes that were happening. Kevin Adams, luckily, you know, was the benefactor of that. And then he's done some other changes that, you know, seem
0: to work out. Plus a chance, plus c'est la même chose.
2: A lot of people think change is bad. Change is however you look at it.
0: Change is change.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't think, I, I don't have any belief or presupposition that Pittsburgh fans are going to expect some magical, they're not Toronto. They understand Crosby is old. They understand Malkin is old they understand that they have sold their soul to the devil. And if they can milk out a couple more playoff runs with these guys, they'll consider it good. I don't suspect Pittsburgh is in any way delusional enough to think they're Toronto and hanging everything on a single person.
2: Have you met Pittsburgh fans?
0: <laughs> yeah. A number of them. How, how many of them do you think are are Toronto fans?
2: Yeah.
0: One
1: out of five?
2: Uh, It's generally the the ratio for most arenas, isn't it? When Toronto comes to play. (laughs) Success is a
1: hell of a drug. But thankfully, the Penguins haven't really been successful for a few years, so I think the effects have worn off enough
0: yeah i if they if they back their way into a magical draft then sure but i don't think there's i mean i don't think the vast majority of them are so delusional that that they think there is some magic to be had just because you got you know somebody changed roles mhm uh... Is it a new perspective? Yeah, but the reality is still the same. you got three aging guys, uh, Cap Nightmare, and a bunch of other guys whose contracts you're going to be psh, good luck getting rid of them. No room to move, no drafts to make for a couple of years. So what do you do?
1: I don't know. Ask Kelly McCrimmon. <laughs> oh man because oh boy when that when the Golden Knights bill comes due it'll be interesting to see what happens
0: yep do you have any doubt that Foley will still throw money hand over fist at that franchise no but the thing is, if
1: they if they pull off this feat this week, which looks more and more likely, does he need to?
2: Oh, he can write on this for like a good year, maybe two.
1: <laughs> oh, Before I was going to say at least a decade. <laughs> or until an NBA team shows up in town. Right, competition. Because Lord knows that football team that decided to be neighbors, well, you don't have to worry about them for a while. And let's face it, the baseball team that they thought was going to move probably won't at this point because...
2: ah, Reasons.
0: (laughs) You either get screwed by the law or the law screws the other guy. Mm Mm-hmm. But at least
1: Vegas has a year or two to find some prospects to start to come in and replace certain people. Because next offseason will be the interesting one where Marcia Show and Stevenson, their UFAs, Alec Martinez, pretty much... everyone else is kind of coming back. So now they have to start filling in the gaps and they've drafted players. Can they fill in certain roles? Can they be desirable enough for a team like Pittsburgh to help create some cap? Oh wait, Pittsburgh doesn't have cap space mm. to help out.
2: Hmm.
0: Seattle does.
1: Seattle sure does.
0: And man, huh? A Jonathan Marshiso for a Shane Wright.
2: Has played with Yanni Gord. Mm hmm. Did play in Tampa with Yanni. And I believe uh, Todd Laiwicki was a part of that.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Because I have no. Uh, Boy, I'm not going to say the same word again. I don't believe in any way, shape, or form. Vegas has shown that they are business. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe for a second that there is going to be any contract negotiation with those guys. Yeah, I
2: don't think think
0: so. I I think they're going to be done. If they win a cup, they're going to be like, okay, you know, peace out.
2: Right. You're too expensive for us. See ya.
0: Yep. We need assets. So mm-hmm. here you go, Seattle. Take a Jonathan Marshall, so. we'll take a Shane Wright and a couple draft picks. Good
2: old
0: Marshmallow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here you go, St. Louis. We'll take a Jordan Cairo. You know, here's a here's a slightly used Shea Theodore. <laughs> You know
2: just use it just use the tune up it'll be fine
0: <laughs> i mean look uh, to, you, kind of exactly kind of bring it back full circle pat what did they do i mean literally they just chucked patch over the wall right exactly they didn't even ask for anything back effectively Hmm. they just they put it up on next door free you know, you know. <laughs>
2: They put him on the curb outside. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Put put him on the curb outside and put a post on, you know, next door or Facebook home or whatever and said, you know, free pickup, you know, sell.
2: Yeah. Free if you pick it up yourself.
0: Yeah. Yep. And San Jose kind of did the same thing with Brent Burns.
1: (laughs) And it's amazing how that one actually worked out for all parties involved. I know. It's like creating space for someone else to do a job because sometimes you just grow out of a role.
0: And sometimes you got to bite the bullet and say mm-hmm. I know I you know, I could sit here and dink around and try and you know maximize the return on this, but I need this one I need this contract all gone. Not not 85% of it or I need it all gone. And you got to say, okay. And I'm looking at you, Toronto. Because
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> when the highest paid player in the, in the Stanley Cup final is Sergey Bobrovsky. <laughs> got to kind of turn around and look at where everybody else might have done screwed up just a hair.
2: But, I mean, it just feeds into my theory, my personal theory that like the more stars you have on a team, more big names you have on a team, the worse off that you tend to do. So, you know, it's, if you have a bunch of like middling to upper middling players, then you tend to do much better because they're willing to set, you know, they, they end up like banding together and they, they, they play with each other much better in my opinion, but you get a bunch of star teams, and this is particularly true of United States um, national teams, <laughs> is you get a bunch of stars together, then they start looking at each other going, um, so I'm over here, but you're scoring, right, to someone else, you know, so <laughs> they all just kind of dumbly look at each other with that um. It, that's it's you're, you're going to do that, right? It's not me. It's you, right? <laughs> uh,
0: the, the star loaded team model hasn't worked since they implemented the salary cap.
2: Right.
0: Cause prior to that, even, you know, even then prior to that, Detroit and Colorado were probably the last two bastions of the star loaded teams. Mm-hmm. But to your point, Cassie, they were balanced.
2: Well, initially they weren't star-loaded teams, though. They became star-loaded teams after the players that were all together complemented each other and made each other better, right? Because, like, the the Russian Five were not... All of them were not star players initially, but they became star players. So so the, it's kind of a... It wasn't a, let's go out and draft all these guys. I mean, it was towards the end of the Red Wings, right? But, and with Colorado, but initially it wasn't. Initially it was just drafting, signing free agents, and they weren't big names at the time. And they just kind of ended up in those roles because they were successful with that team.
0: Shanahan, coffee. Iserman.
2: Yeah, Iserman was drafted. He was actually, he wasn't the guy that they wanted to pick oh, in no. that draft. Oh, no, yeah, that,
0: that, that, that story is infamous.
2: Yeah, he was he was the runner-up. He was the consolation prize. They actually weren't after Iserman.
0: <laughs> no, I, I was talking about all the buy-ins. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, Coffee, Chelios, Robotai, Shanahan, they tried to load themselves for bear yeah and then korea and solani in colorado
2: yeah again that was towards the end i'm I'm sorry
1: are you saying they were both in colorado i don't recall this
0: i do because
2: i do
1: Yeah,
0: if ever if ever there was a case a
1: moment in in hockey history to eternal sunshine yourself (laughs) yeah that was one
0: And if there was ever anybody that literally went out and stole money from a franchise, it was team with Solani. Mm -hmm. He knew his knee was shot. He knew he couldn't play. He still said, thank you very much. Can't, hey, somebody's going to give you the money. Go ahead. Take the, you know, take the bag. But the, the, lockout benefited that man and oh guess what happened he came back oh, and you like mean a completely brand new player and rest something
1: that sergei Bobrovsky actually got at different segments of the last two seasons when spencer Knight was able to play and, and be in the lineup and then you know when a guy just goes on a hot streak and he get you know he helps push you over the the precipice into the playoffs
0: but team also had a bunch of surgeries done to, to clean up crap so that he could actually skate again mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. It, it's almost like the whole idea if we use a parallel over in baseball the tommy john surgery i think unfortunately too many people are going to that probably too quickly but you were shut down for a year and allowed to heal from the surgery and then properly rebuild the muscle.
2: Instead of being rushed back like and, we... and play, being forced to play, or well, forcing yourself to play like half healed so that you mm-hmm. don't lose your roster spot?
1: Yeah, it's almost like uh, Matthew Kachuk shouldn't be playing right now. Since he's suffering a quote-unquote upper body injury. It's an armor shoulder, folks. There's no secrets here.
0: Mm-hmm. And God bless Keegan Colasare. I had, I tried to tell everyone that he was taking numbers in that second game. He, he was, was and taking numbers.
1: Was there anything outwardly violent or vicious, or were they just solid?
0: Absolutely, one hundred percent. Shoulder checks. Solid, clean hits kid Kid saw the opportunity did not put his team in jeopardy took up just oh absolutely beautiful
1: mm-hmm. and isn't is it any surprise that kachuk was able to score in this series in the moments where kolasar isn't out there on the
0: ice yep thank you for noticing pat
1: <laughs> closing minutes of a game Because now he has more time and effort because people, they're they're covering gaps. They're net front present. They're sticking to one player who's standing in front of the net. And Kachuk likes to float a little bit. Mm -hmm. And skate a little bit. And you know what happens when you get hit? You're stopped from skating momentarily. Mm -hmm. And you have to start from basically zero. (laughs)
2: Mm,
1: Well, I think several people need to be reminded of that.
2: Right. Hitting is to take players out of the play, not out of the game.
1: But enough about the Florida Panthers and what they (laughs) do after
0: whistles. (laughs) So one of the best things about that latest quest for the cup is, is um, they got to hang around with the Knights on an off day and sort of show how the team was preparing themselves for the second game of the series. And there was a lot of, lot of jocularity in the room, as the coach was in there saying, "You guys are all grown up, you're big boys. I don't care if you skate today. I don't want you skating tomorrow game days. At, you know, start times at five. I don't want anybody on the ice at nine unless they need it. You know, it was kind of an optional, optional type thing. And then." It all became about Philip J. Kessel lightening the load in the room. This has been the 3B3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3B3 Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.